I'd like to invite some friends of mine to come and join me here on the platform. As we prepare to hear, they're a little shy apparently, as we prepare to hear from Jesus's words on the Sermon on the Mount. In the next few moments, you are going to see the chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, shared in their entirety. Now, as we prepare for this this moment, I want to ask you to do a few things for me. And I think this will make the experience far better and more relatable. First, I, I would ask you not to open up your Bible and follow along word for word. We will make some mistakes. There you go, sir. Put it away. There we are. Yes. And we will have some slip ups. And I want you to try to envision yourself like you would have been on that hillside hearing Jesus. Of course, Jesus's disciples there on that hillside did not have a copy of the sermon word for word that he was about to share. They were taking it upon hearing alone. So I ask you to do that. Secondly, I'd like to ask you to listen to the presentation, listen to Jesus's sermon up and down instead of right to left. And what I mean by that is, this is going to be three chapters of the Bible that some of us are familiar with little segments here, a little segment there, a little phrase here, and a little phrase there. But when you actually listen to it in its entirety from start to finish, you'll notice that they, the, the topics weave together. Jesus doesn't just start speaking on one topic. It flows from the previous topic. And so listen with a long view in mind, not just a short view in mind. Lastly, I would ask you to to graciously look past the speakers up here. We are not performers, folks. We are not actors. We are not professional scripture readers at any level. Uh, We are just your brothers and sisters who have memorized a small portion of the Sermon on the Mount. And we know that some of us even get a little nervous in front of others like this. And so look past the performer or the presenter and look to the words that Jesus has shared. So without further ado, I present to you Jesus's Sermon on the Mount from memory. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. uh, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
You are the salt of the earth. If, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and hide it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in the room. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not think I came to abolish the law of the prophets. I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an oda, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes least one of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes or Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then, then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you go with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. For I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid every last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye ca causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better for your, you lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into to hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except on the grounds of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever, whoever, and whoever, and whoever marries a divorced woman to commit adultery. Again, you have heard it said to those of old, thou shalt swear no oath, you shall not swear uh, falsely. But I say unto you, do not say an oath at all. Either by heaven, for it is the uh, throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by the, um, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not say an oath either by your head, for you cannot make a single hair either white nor black. Simply let what you say be yes or no. Anything else comes from evil. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, do not resist the one who is evil. If anyone strikes you on your right cheek, turn to him the other as well. And if one would sue you over your tunic, give him your cloak as well. 
If one would force you to go with him one mile, go with him two. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not resist the one, do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard it said, Thou shalt love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends the rain to the just and the unjust. For if you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Beware of practicing righteousness before others in order to be uh, praised by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. For truly they have received their reward. When you give to the needy, give to the needy in, um, so, that you, so that your left hand cannot see what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard by their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, so your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they love to disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others but your heavenly Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret, will reward you. And do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth 
where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. But sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Do not judge so you won't be judged. For you will be judged by the same standard you judge and measured by the same measure you use. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say, brother, let me take the splinter out of your eye, and look, there is still a beam of wood in your own eye? Hypocrite, first take the beam of wood out of your own eye, so you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to pigs, or toss your pearls to dogs, for they will trample them with their feet, turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. And whoever knocks, the door will be opened. Who among you, if their son asks for bread, will give them stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give them a snake? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad leads to destruction, and there are many who go through it. How much, how narrow is the gate that leads and, and difficult the road that leads to life and few find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. 
you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Every good tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Every good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can the diseased tree bear good fruit. And every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, there will be many who will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And did we not cast out demons in your name? And did we not do mighty acts in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house upon the rocks. The rains fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat against that house. And it did not fall because it was built upon the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. The rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell. And great was its disaster. Now when Jesus had finished saying all these things, the people were astonished. For he taught as one with authority and not as one of their scribes. Men and women, the Sermon on the Mount from memory. Can we give thanks to those that shared this morning? So the teacher in me wants to do a discussion activity after that presentation. I want you to write an essay and give me thoughts and what did you hear and how did you experience it? But I'll, I'll save you that this morning. I do want to conclude the presentation with what happened after the Sermon on the Mount. You know, the sermon, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, is the longest recorded sermon of Jesus in the Gospels. There is certainly more that Jesus said. There's certainly more that Jesus did. But in this sermon, you actually hear Jesus covering an enormous number of topics. Actually, it is a bit surprising that he hammers on things about being blessed and about persecution, about being the light of the world and the salt of the earth. He speaks about forgiveness. He speaks about anger, lust, divorce, adultery. He speaks about what it means to give rightly, pray rightly, fast rightly, not to receive our reward for for people, but to receive our reward directly from God. Jesus taught us about treasures in heaven, treasures where our heart truly lie. He taught us about the golden rule, how to treat others in the way that we would like to be treated. He taught us about anxieties and fears and worry. 
He taught us in just a few moments about the father's provision that no son or daughter would come to their father and ask for bread or ask for a fish and God the father would give them a stone or a snake. He warned them about false prophets. He warned them that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But those who do the will of God. He concludes by instructing us that everyone who hears these words and builds their life upon them will be one who builds their life upon the rock. And when we listen to the words of Jesus and we heed the words of Jesus, it's something that's stronger in this world. It's something greater than anything that can hit us in this life. Wind may hit, floods may hit, life may hit. But when we have our life built upon his words, we're strong in him. But when we hear his words and do not do them, it's like we're a fool building our house upon the sand. The life will hit, but there is nothing holding us. There's nothing strengthening us. There's nothing supporting us. We'll just be tossed about. And as Jesus says, our destruction will be great. But when the people heard Jesus say these things, and they were astonished. They were astonished at his clarity. They were astonished at his Ability to relate and to communicate. They were astonished of his power. Even the gospel writer Matthew says, and they knew he was different from the other teachers in their day. That when he said things, he was speaking the very words of God. He was speaking so differently than what they had normally heard. And what do they do? Well, Matthew chapter 8 says in one verse what they did. It says, and after Jesus finished saying all these things, the crowds followed him. They followed him. The next scene we have is of Jesus actually healing a leper, one of the ones who was listening on the periphery of that crowd. But the big takeaway is the people followed him. They heard his words and they followed him. They heard what he said and they trusted him. They heard what he had preached and they were willing to go where he went. In all of us, when we hear the words of Christ, when we hear the message of Jesus, when we hear the gospel of Jesus, we have two choices. Follow him, go with him, build our life upon those words, or turn away and build our life upon the sand. I want to conclude this morning with some encouragements to each of you as you think about what Jesus said this morning. First, I'd like to offer you, we need to hear Jesus's words differently than any other who speaks. He had authority, he had power. Friends, we have voices in our world constantly clamoring for our attention. We have voices in our world who say they are their authority or that say they have some Uh, influence or some power or some prestige. Friends, let me tell you, hear Jesus's words differently. Hear them differently. For you are not hearing from a man or from a woman. You're not hearing from someone who says they have authority. You are hearing from the very son of God. 
co-equal with God, co-equal with God's spirit. When you want to know what God would say, what God would speak into your life, you look no further than the words of Jesus. For in Jesus' words, we have the breath of God before us. And we can live upon them. We can hold them fast. Secondly, I would encourage you to hide his word in your heart. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Like a chef keeps things in their storeroom, in their in their pantry of all the essentials, of all the staples, of all the ingredients they know they will need each and every day. When we hide God's word, Jesus's word in our hearts, it's a reservoir that we can pull from, from every single day. Not once in a while, but essential, daily, most important. And lastly, I would say, build your life upon his word. It's easy to hear it and set it aside. The call and the challenge is to hear it and build your life upon it. A Bible translator, Eugene Peterson, wrote a portion of the Bible called The Message. It's a translation, a paraphrase. It's modern. It's the language of today, not a language of another time. And he takes Jesus's words at the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount and he phrases it this way. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Little improvements to add to your standard of living. These words are foundational. Words to build a life upon. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on the rock. The rain poured, the river flooded, a tornado hit. But nothing moved that house because it was fixed to the rock. But if you use these words just in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a foolish carpenter who built his house upon a sandy beach. And when a storm rolled in and the waves came up, that house, that life, collapsed like a house of cards. Build your life upon the words of Jesus. They will never, ever fail you. Would you pray with me? You've heard Jesus' words. Have you built your life upon them? At the conclusion of Jesus' sermon, many followed him. Have you followed him in faith, trusting him by faith, accepting him into your heart, and acknowledging him as your Lord and Savior? There was a leper who heard the message of Jesus that very day. And at the conclusion of the sermon, he walked to Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus responded, I am willing. And he healed him. And that's a picture of the sickness that we all have, the brokenness that we each walk with. 
that we too are unwell. But through listening to Jesus and coming to Jesus and kneeling before him and acknowledging him, we can be healed. We can be saved. We can be set free. And I wonder this morning if there be any who have heard the words of Jesus and he need to follow him by faith. But I also wonder this morning if there are those who have built their lives upon a sandy beach. They've heard the words, but they've never taken them to heart, never taken them into their life. And they're being tossed about to and fro. I pray this morning you would take the words of Jesus and build your life upon them. So, Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for the spirit that flows from your word, opening our eyes, illuminating our heart, anointing our steps. And I pray, God, today that we would build our life upon your word. I pray this in Jesus' name.